Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9 that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's good news. Those words were spoken 700 years before the birth of Christ. Those words are one of 300, more than 300, messianic prophecies, meaning prophecies about the coming of the Messiah, which have been perfectly fulfilled in Jesus of Nazareth. That's good news. Inside of your program today, you'll find a half sheet that says the first Sunday of Advent, and this is for you to use at home. Advent is a season of the church, the first four, or the four Sundays prior to Christmas. And uh, this is for you to use at home to help you walk through the weeks before Christmas and uh, helping you to keep your eyes on Jesus in the process, right? I don't know if you knew this, but Christmas is about Jesus. Okay, I knew you did. And this will help you keep your focus on the Lord as you go through. Something you can use at home by yourself if you are alone, or you can use it with your family. It's a great launch pad for you guys who said, you know, I wish we could just do something at home. You know, that's a, hard, that's a hard thing to get started, isn't it? Some of you guys coming in and you're going, I'd like to lead my family in the way of the Lord. and I just don't know how to get started. Well, here you go. You say, guys, tonight, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever, we're going to get together for 10 minutes. And we're going to go through the Pastor Tom sheet, okay? And this will get you off dead center, get you moving. More important than that, it's a way for you just to move through this season. We call Advent these four Sundays before Christmas, uh, and keep our eyes on the Lord. The word Advent, you're not going to find that anywhere in your Bible. It's a, it's a word used by the church. It was introduced as a season in about the 6th century. So it was after Christians had been being Christians for several centuries, and things began to develop, and there began to emerge a rhythm in the life of the church. You know, ways of uh, celebrating Christmas, ways of celebrating Easter. And throughout that, some of the church, particularly the church in Rome, became more formal in its uh, worship and its ways. And so a thing called the church year emerged. Some of you are from backgrounds that are more formal than the vineyard. Okay, pretty much anywhere (laughs) it's more formal than the vineyard. But some of you from backgrounds called liturgical churches, where you you observed uh, a church year, a liturgical year, And uh, the first of the year is today. So, Happy New Year. The first four Sundays of the year are are Advent. The word comes from a Latin word, Adventus, which means arrival or coming. And so, we spend time in this season of Advent celebrating, getting our hearts in the place of celebrating the real blessing of Jesus. And, uh, you know, a lot of churches, they... They uh, put out special kind of uh, colored, colored deals on their furniture, and they have the pastor dress up in certain kinds of colors and hats and stuff in some cases. And I don't have any hats, but I did have this coat, so <laughs> I uh, put it on for you today. It's the wrong color. It should be purple, actually, to be an Advent coat, but I didn't, didn't think you'd mind. 
I also have new socks on. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, while we at the vineyard, we may never be able to compete with, would we want to even, or would they want us to, compete with more formal churches in the formality of Advent, I think you guys will always be in the running for the sincerity of Advent. And that is the celebration of the blessing of Jesus Christ, because that's what it's about. Jesus came as a blessing, as a blessing. You know, when you get a 700-year-old prophecy that said God's sending his son, buckle up, it could go one of two ways, couldn't it? Spoken to a house of Israel, God is sending his son, buckle up. This Israel, this, this people of Israel who had lived in this odd kind of rhythm of obedience, disobedience, obedience, disobedience. These people of Israel with these unbelievably short memories, right? Not like us. But after all that time of that, hearing this prophecy from a prophet saying, God's sending his son to you, buckle up. That could have gone one of two ways. Could have been a judge, could have been a condemnation, or it could have been a blessing. Can you put yourself in the position of maybe being a branch manager of something or another? You're you're the manager of the 7-Eleven, and your store's not doing so well. And try as you might to motivate your employees and everything you can think of, you can't get your numbers up. And you get a correspondence, an email from corporate that says, the owner's sending so-and-so to talk to you. That could go one of two ways, couldn't it? That person could show up. Some of you are eerily relating to this. I can tell by the way you're looking at at me right now. The owner could show up and say, your numbers are down, you've tried everything you can, you haven't been able to do it, you're out. We're done with you. Or that guy could have come and said, you know, you have caught the attention of the CEO. He likes you. And so he has made a plan to save this store, and he is going to retrain all of your employees, he's going to retool, reface your store, and he's going to give you 24-7 access to himself. Could go either way, right? And you say, well, why would the owner of the store do that? I forgot to tell you. He's also your dad. He did that because he loves you. You're not just an employee. You're not just some random human on the earth. You belong to the living God. He sent Jesus Christ as the blessing. The blessing. Anybody like me been disobedient? Today? (laughs) We're not proud of that. That's not our goal, is it? But in reality, we continue to stumble and fall, don't we? And we get this word from heaven... For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will have the right to govern and judge. Well, what's coming next? Could go either way, couldn't it? Good news is that the owner loves you. That's what Isaiah chapter 9 is about. It's about an old promise 
made to very hungry Israelites who were longing for the Savior. They'd had a very up-and-down walk with God in their history, and as I said, very short memories of the great things He had done. And they were living in a very tumultuous political time. It was before they were carried off into captivity in Babylon, and, but all that stuff was ramping up. And Isaiah, among the many prophecies he gave, just a couple of chapters earlier, he said, by the way, God's going to send this one born of a virgin, and his name will be Emmanuel. God is with us. So in the midst of this, uh, this release of messianic prophecy, Isaiah says this. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. They were in darkness. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light is done. For to us, what? Child is born. Son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. And before you get too nervous, here's what he's going to be called to you. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. It's good news. He comes as a blessing. He comes as a blessing. We've got to understand that this prophecy was about a coming blessing. How many of you know John 3.16? Anybody? You ever heard it? Might be new to you. For God so loved the world. How does it go? Go ahead. For God so loved... How many of you believe that? Me too. I believe that. I have found it to be true. And this is perhaps the best known Bible verse of all. Of all 31,173 verses. Perhaps this is the best known of all. And it's really the core of the gospel, isn't it? That God loved you. That's why he sent his son. That he's coming as a blessing. Many, many know John 3, 16. I wonder how many know the next verse. Son of a God. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him the world might be what? Saved. It's good news. Jesus came as a blessing. Jesus is a blessing. You know, the... At the point that you embrace that, your relationship with God dramatically changes. And you get released from the legalistic bondage of religion, and you get delivered into the dynamic liberty of a spirit-filled relationship with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's what you want. That's why you came here today. And God made that promise to the people of Israel 700 years before it ever happened. And so the church purposely reenacts that, revisits that, and re-celebrates this amazing thing every year, and it's called Advent. As we look at Advent this year, here's how I'd like for us to celebrate it. Talk for a few minutes this morning about the promise of the blessing, and then we'll look at the preparation for the blessing. You've got to get ready for a blessing like that. You can't show up to the blessing unprepared. I think God's going to do some preparing work in your hearts. Make room for the Lord. Level off some high points. Smooth out some low points. 
And then we're going to celebrate the announcement of the blessing. The announcement of the blessing. I mean, you know, the announcement itself can be an amazing thing. When you hear the announcement. And then also, finally, the reception of the blessing. The blessing is actualized. You know, we have to move from promise to reception. There are some people who, they they sort of adore the promise of the Messiah. But they don't move through the process of preparing, reveling in the announcement, and then receiving. And some of you still living, perhaps 700 years before he came, you're living back in Isaiah's time going, oh, it's Christmas again, unto us a child is born. Cool. And you're just hoping that it's true. Others of you have put yourself through this Advent process and moved from hope to the experience of the living God. Hello? That's what Advent is. Well, today we're talking about the promise of the blessing then. What I recited for you, as I said, as I lit the candle, was one of hundreds of messianic prophecies. And when we say prophecy, we really mean promise. Because when you're reading the prophecies of the Old Testament, what is it? It's God's making a promise, isn't he? He said, I promise you that at the right time, I will send to you. I will send to you my son, born of a virgin, born in the city of David, will have his ministry in Galilee. All these things will be true. And so he's making these promises. And so as you begin to consider the Advent promised, the promise of Jesus, or the prophecy of Jesus, I want you to think about God making you a promise. Because that's what a prophecy is. And the blessing, according to Isaiah chapter 9, that God is promising would have five essential elements. First of all, that Jesus would be the light of the world. The people walking in darkness have seen what? Great light, a great light. Jesus brings light into our lives. Sometimes a blinding light, yes? How many of you are seeing life differently now because Jesus came into it? How many of you were so happy to be in the darkness? Come on, like me. How many of you like me? The Bible says that. The Bible says in the Gospel of John that Jesus came into the world as the light of the world, but here's the problem. It said, but men loved darkness more than light. And so they rejected him. And how many of us for so many years just kept rejecting Christ? You people are crazy because we had a love for the darkness. And Jesus comes and snaps on the light. And that's the promise, is that Jesus will come as the light of the world. Also that Jesus would be both the cause and the source of great joy. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And if you look at verse 3, you've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. Jesus would, would be joy. Just pray with me a minute. Lord, this is about you. This is your church. This is your message. These words of mine would be unbelievably empty if you didn't take them. So as I always pray, Lord, whatever you haven't given to me before this moment, please take away, and whatever you have, please take hold of. It's my heart, Lord, that these people 
find no contentment in the sound of my voice. To find no contentment in the crafting of my words, Lord. But that it would just make them just so hungry for you. Lord, we need your joy. We need you to come and be the blessing. To be the one you promised you would be. Thank you, Lord, for being the source of our joy even when our gladness isn't nearby. Thank you for being that true, profound sense of security and strength that nothing can happen to us that isn't part of your will, Lord. Lord, I just feel just, pa- just prompted here to just, just stop for a minute and just invite your presence because these, these words just feel empty to me today. And so I pray, Father, for the move of your Holy Spirit. Okay, here's what we have. Jesus is wonderful counselor. You need counsel? Are you confused? Are you troubled? Are you locked up about something? Do you not know the way? He's a wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. Is there something that you're facing that you can honestly look at someone else and say, oh, but that's bigger than God? Jesus, the Jesus in your life is mighty God. He's your everlasting Father. He's your perfect Father. Do everything you have to not to make God out in the image of your own earthly Father. We are all so frail as fathers. He's your everlasting, perfect Father. And He's the Prince of Peace. You need peace. You have chaos in your life. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. You know, I was reflecting all week and praying about this message about being the promise. And I kept getting the strangest word. And the word was coupon. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Well, a coupon is a promise, isn't it? Coupon is if you take this to Jiffy Lube or wherever, you can, they'll keep their promise. And so I got reflecting and praying about that coupon thing, and I got to tell you, I'm like the rest of you men here. I hate to use coupons. (laughs) Men, am I right? I mean, your wife says, hey, we got a coupon. Let's go there for supper because we got a coupon. She lays that out there, and I'm like, I don't need their help. I can, <laughs> I can pay for my own meal. She's, no, you can save $5. I mean, is any of you men know what I'm talking about? It makes you feel a little shorter, a little, you rip a corner off your man card when you use her coupon. <laughs> now, I'm going somewhere with this, so... Keep your seatbelt buckled. Don't get too comfortable. (laughs) And I realize that the reason that I don't want to use a coupon is because of my man pride. 
What fool wouldn't use a coupon? If Trace Portrias want to give me half off on the second meal, why wouldn't I do that? And all I got to do is give them a little slip of paper. Why wouldn't I do that? Because of my pride. Because of your pride, men. The Bible's saying God's given you a coupon. He's made you a promise. And you've got to come cash it in. And some men won't because they go, I don't need his help. Well, just when I thought, just when I thought that visual of using a coupon and my pride got as bad as it could get, the Lord took it another step for me. And he said, you know who you are, Tom? He said, you're that lady at the grocery store with the apron on giving out free samples and coupons. Now, there's nothing wrong with that job. But it's like, people make such a big deal out of pastors. You know who we are? We hand out free samples of God, and then we give you the coupon. Say, now you've got to cash the rest in if you want the whole thing. But the promise of God is right there on the coupon called the Bible. That to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. That's the first Sunday of Advent. You're getting your coupon. Now who needs a free sample? Come up. I don't even know what that means. Just if you need a free sample, come up. Let's see what that even means. That's all I got. You know, I'm nobody special. I'm the lady with the blue apron on. And all I can do is ask God to feed you just a dose so that it'll inspire you, it will compel you to go and get the rest. Holy Spirit, come and keep your promise that where we gather in your name, you come. Holy Spirit, come. Just beginning with Susan and just move across this gathering for everyone. Some of you are arguing with God already. Stop it. Your sin is not bigger than his love. Power of God, come. Power of God, come all the way down to D and everybody in between now. Just pour your spirit out, Lord. Lord, this is all I can do. I can just tell them about you. But you must come. We can't be one of those churches that just talks about you in anticipation of your coming. You've got to come, Lord. We're hungry. Those of you who are here, would you just say, I'm hungry enough. You know, I'm hungry enough to eat the sample. Maybe some of you have been at a time in your life where you had to go out to the grocery store on Saturday morning and maybe even drag the kids with you and just hit those samples. Maybe that was part of your strategy. You were that hungry. That's how hungry you want to be when you come to the Lord. Just say, I'm that hungry, Lord. I want you. Power of the Holy Spirit already is beginning to move. Just let him move. Just invite him. If you're feeling something, just, I mean, just feel it. Just don't resist it. And if you're not, don't judge yourself.
Just ask the Lord to come and fulfill his promise in you. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. I'm going to put my hand on some of you. It's not about me, but it's just sometimes I see the Holy Spirit just kind of falling on people. I just want to bless that in the name of Jesus. And just see the Holy Spirit just kind of moving. We just want to be the church that makes a place for His kingdom to come. of Advent is about revisiting the power of a promise made. The power of a promise made to you by God always keeps His promises. Just invite Him to come give you just a crumb. Remember that woman who was kind of going on with the Lord? She was a Gentile woman. She said, yeah, but Lord, even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Just ask God to just shove a crumb your way. or none of you too proud to use your coupon and just come up and say, God, I want to take you up at your word. I want you to be, I want you to use me in the world as an example of the fulfillment of a promise. You'll be released now, in Jesus' name. That lying inside has just got to stop, in Jesus' name. You're not. You're, you're a daughter of the living God. This is Bible. You're a daughter of the living God. You don't belong to the enemy love darkness. It's just familiar. Now let the light of the Lord just come in now. Trust you. You'll, you'll love the light when it becomes familiar. It takes a little while for your eyes to get used to the light when it snaps on. whatever's compelled these people to take this huge risk to come up in front of hundreds of other people and ask for this. I just pray you'll meet them at their place of need, Lord God. I just thank you for what you're doing. Power of the Lord, come. He's going to keep that promise, Lord. He's going to keep that promise. You're going to see the fulfillment of that promise. It's revival. 
Clayton, please come up. Just stand behind her so she knows you're there. That's all. She's getting a wobbly on her feet. I don't want anybody to fall down. Thank you. It's the power of the Lord. Just come to these people who are seeking you, Lord. be so many demands placed on us in these next few weeks by our families and work and society. Lord, uh, we just want to be sure that we're, we're compelled by you and you living inside of us. And we're able to say yes to the things we should say yes to and no to the others because we're compelled by the central reality of you living in us as our Savior, as the fulfillment of the promise